0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest podcast here at Babel. This is Kevin.
1: This is Matthew.
0: And we are reviewing uh, Voyager Season 5, Episode 12, Bride of Chaotica. I have very fond memories of this episode. I think um, of all the, like, Of all the Captain Proton stories that they kind of hip check themselves into, um, I think this one is the one that most gleefully embraces uh, certain science fiction tropes, and it makes me very happy. It is just delightful to watch.
1: Yeah, if you don't like this episode, you just don't like good things, basically. Uh, Apparently, I I hadn't known this before, uh, the genesis of this episode was that they wanted to film an episode that was almost completely off the bridge and not for a variety of reasons but because there was a fire on the set uh of the Voyager bridge and so it was damaged hmm. and so it was just a I mean obviously they didn't like save money on production or anything because they have a lot of new sets and effects and all that stuff but uh yeah I found that interesting um, and I'm all for it, right? Because it's nice to have a little variety. Uh, <coughs> why don't we get started? Yeah. So we have our videos queued up, and we will press play together in three, two, one. press play. I mean, just <laughs> tuning into this episode and seeing that title, uh... Yeah, wow, right? I mean, would people even know they're watching Star Trek? I don't know. That's just not something people do these days, I suppose, flipping channels, but...
0: <laughs> uh, I will say they they do a really good job. Um, it's it's one of those, like, it's a good parody in that it clearly has affection for the source material. It's not just making fun of it. They're, like, um, the actor playing... Um, chaotica in particular is just clearly having a ball like like you know i'm sure he's uh you know has a probably has a long list of bit parts and some stock shakespeare you know playing very serious characters with that beard um but it's clear he's having just the time of his life and i I enjoy that um i also like think that like uh, we can start talking about the production stuff right now it's like um, they did a really good job giving the set's depth and variety, given that they didn't have color to offset fields in, the, in your Yeah, version.
1: but also the sort of cheapness. Uh, you know, so it's... there. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to look at for the viewer, but it fits that sort of cheap movie serial aesthetic. Uh, Chaotica's costume is really cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, the actor... It's uh, Martin Rainer, and he's <laughs> unbelievably good. I mean, like, I'd kind of just watch a show with him as the villain, you know, just given how much fun he is at the scenery chewing. You know, this, this sort of effect through the the periscope is very good. Um, I mean, I wonder how much of this stuff was purpose-built and how much was... Well,
0: uh, I, I like that as they're slamming the controls, they're, like, visibly shaking, Um, like,
1: like I said, I I think they're doing sort of like extra space acting here. Yeah. So they're part of the reason this episode works so well is that they're not only poking fun at 1940 serials, they're poking fun at Star Trek and, and, you know, Voyager and, you know, just their own, they know (laughs) the production crew knows the writers know the actors know, what's silly about Star Trek and what's repetitive about Star Trek. So, I mean, just uh, there there have been so many jokes already, like the joke about the recaps not being accurate, but this is one of the best jokes coming up. Planet X looks kind of familiar. (laughs) And of course it is. That might
0: actually be an unmodified standing set it looks that way probably because it's in black and white and is probably as being super harshly lit, but I doubt they did much of anything to modify any of a billion cave sets that they must have
1: in storage. I love the aesthetic of, uh, Chiarca's fortress, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically just planet hell. This looks exactly like, uh, when they had the silver blood, uh, episode. Yeah. Um, and they know that. So it's, uh, it's a treat for astute fans, I suppose. And I got to say, uh, you know, we've already talked about how good uh, Robert Duncan McNeil is as Captain Proton. But I, I would say uh, Garrett Wang's sort of settling into Buster Kincaid, you know, and he's doing it. He's like getting into character, but then sort of lapsing out of character to comment on something. And it, it works. It, it seems real.
0: Uh, I'll say I'm not the biggest fan of that uh, little effect at the end of the teaser. Like, it's a little soupy. I would have preferred a Like, I I like that they made it in color where nothing else is. I kind of wish they'd gone with, like, a richer color. I think it would have stood out better.
1: Yeah. It was just sort of a random pink blob, I guess. So, I mean, I like. I've actually really enjoyed the holodeck stuff. On Voyager I mean some some episodes have been better than others but they've kind of gone into what real people would use it for you know to some extent to some extent Deep Space Nine did that as well you know people would use it to just like have hookers you know Uh, and but what what people in Voyager have used it for is escapism you know they've had emotional relationships that they can't have on the ship. Uh, they've they simulate faraway places because they'd rather be there. They simulate hangouts, you know, that they don't have on the ship. And so, yeah, the, the- Ke- Kevin, if you had a holodeck, what would you do on the holodeck that can be shared with a family audience? <laughs> You would simulate Star Trek, right? Pretty much, yeah. I would live Absolutely. on, yeah, yeah. I would live on the Enterprise D. I will know? say,
0: I, I was never a big fan of the beach resorts, and I was like, I get what Sandrine's was for, and I don't, I didn't dislike it. I just never grabbed it the way uh, you seem to. But stuff like uh, Janeway's um, holodeck thing and the Captain Proton stuff. The only the only holodeck one I really hate is Fairhaven, but I'm gonna save that until we get there.
1: Oh, I like Fairhaven a lot. Um, So, look, I mean, I I acknowledge that they've been variously successful. What I like is that, uh, you know, they're, they're really digging into what people would use it for. So... They're having a sort of. Um, this is one of the few scenes on the bridge, apparently, uh, and they're noticing problems in subspace. Okay, and apparently these creatures uh, are subspace aliens. And yes, this episode does have sort of holodeck controls or offline trope, right? But come on, I mean the den of crocodiles, you know these henchmen. <laughs> <laughs> these ridiculous like colander costumes it's fabulous i love it the ray gun effects are really cool the ray guns themselves have a nice retro vibe to them and yeah. you know the nice little extra shot there by harry uh brian fuller was apparently one of the big uh, creative forces behind this episode So they're stuck in subspace, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Balan is going to describe it as a subspace sandbar. At the end of the day, it's not really the important part of the plot. I mean, did they have to have the aliens who were photonic to make this episode work? Probably not. Like... They, because they do it in Fairhaven, and it basically the question is just, uh, you know, how much should people be doing this, right? Hmm. I find it interesting that things are in black and white, even, like, the control, control panel.
0: I, I guess it would have been too tedious to try to parse that out, especially with his hand there. Um.
1: I just wonder it must be hard to do because so many things seem color-coded. Yeah. So they beam themselves out. Um, What do you think of the outfits? They're extremely baggy. Um, It's like riding pants or something, (laughs) which I guess was kind of a thing back then. Like, if you wanted someone to look exotic, you put them in riding pants. (laughs) Reversing hull polarity. It's a nice graphic. Not the best, but certainly far from the worst. The, the pink part is a little bit uh, foggy, but mm. the overall sort of 3D effect on the ship, which is clearly computer-generated, is nice. So a few years back, when Janeway was science officer on the Albatani, they were navigating a dense proto-nebula. And so the... The mechanism they're talking about here is that it's like the more they push the harder they get caught which is something that's been done before oh yeah we had that in tng um again it's not really the main thrust of the plot so in some ways i kind of don't know even why they're talking about it i just sort of want them to get back to you know captain proton um Yeah, you're right about those effects. They're pretty mundane. Probably the weakest effects in the episode.
0: And I suppose my question here is, I understand the photonic beings think this is the world, but why are they being rendered as in the holodeck story?
1: Yeah, I kind of did not understand why they were dressed in period clothes. I mean, maybe they did research or something,
0: but like oh that was like volitional but they seem to be pretty confused by what's going on so it like do they explain that at some point it's the computer rendering them that way it it, it this is one of those like i'm i'm drawing a rascal comparison um not because i'm saying the episode is as silly as rascals but on some level one like we're 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 treading water through the necessary plot stuff to otherwise justify our little romp that we're all here to have. and the sooner we get there, the the happier I'll be. <laughs> you know, people do not do not say seize him enough anymore.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. And Satan's robot is hilarious. It's so slow, and it sort of narrates everything it's doing. And I love, I mean, God, I wish I didn't have to keep drawing these comparisons and I want it to stop. I don't want to have it in my life anymore, but I'm kind of seeing a parallel between Chaotica and, you know, who, you know, sort of his capricious hatreds and then instantly turning on a dime and, you know, forgiving the person who just just did something nice for him. On a happier note. Um, I'm, uh,
0: I've been listening to another podcast on, on, uh, the history of Hollywood. Uh, you must remember this. I really like it. She just did, the host just did a series on Bela Lugosi and Boris Karlov. So thinking back on that, like there, there's definite notes of that there. This kind of like preening, almost elegant, um, like villain, like you, like the pancake makeup he must be wearing, like in color, he must look ridiculous yeah but like this like in a way his performance makes me think of someone who's like cribbing bella lugosi in the like 30s dracula
1: yeah yeah i I agree with that lonzak execute them constance goodhart uh did she have any dialogue in this episode i don't think she does i think just the screaming (laughs) just the screaming in some ways, Lanzac is the perfect sort of straight man to uh, Chaotica. And his delivery, like the, the trilling of the R's, and. <laughs> What's Satan's robot going to do to her? I don't know. So they've been stuck for three days. So we've got some sort of Neelix slash resource problem comedy here. There's that guy who's an extra in many, many scenes in Voyager. This is some good comedy, though. Coffee. Black. Kate Mulgrew. What more can be said about her? Yeah. (laughs) The look after she drinks it.
0: (laughs) So. Huh. So I I believe this might be the first uh, canonical discussion of the bathroom. That's not the shower.
1: Just a few laboratories. Um, Lines are beginning to form. Like, I wonder where they are. Are they in someone's particular quarters? And apparently bullions uh, maybe are extra stinky or have extra, you know, defecation needs or something. I'm surprised she didn't take the coffee with her. Hmm. So they're going to try their thruster trick. Uh, They want Tom to take them out nice and slow. But it doesn't seem to be working very well. Now, the effect made it seem like they were starting and stopping. Okay, so they are slowing down.
0: <coughs> so. Yeah, my only complaint with, with the episode thus far is the scenes not on the holodeck kind of feel like the padding they are like the the bit in the mess hall was funny but um like uh, this may sound weird but if nothing else if you're having an episode that lovingly um mocks the repetitiveness of certain science fiction elements in the holodeck story having a fairly by the numbers star trek story on the main ship kind of sits there.
1: It's a nice change to the digital map to show the destruction.
0: I mean I also like the juxtaposition the, the actual destruction versus the um, sort of mock destruction that normally you get in these kinds of TV uh, you know g-rated stuff. And, of course, the, the, uh, the damage and the stress dying just doesn't happen. This, this isn't Game of Thrones.
1: Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. She's not supposed to die. I'm sure you two are very close. <laughs> you know, it didn't seem like they ever really went for the uh, safeties are offline angle. In yeah. fact, they, spe- they specifically call out that they can't be hurt, but they could be impeded. <laughs> I love how they're treating him like machinery, but it moves like a human, which is, of course, totally accurate for the, the simulation. And Tim Russ, you know, his sort of disdain <laughs> is beautiful. I, he's perfected it and it really works uh you know in some ways tim russ might be the most fully realized vulcan that we've ever gotten you know spock obviously is spock and it's a great thing um but he's not a vulcan right he's a half vulcan uh and sarek doesn't show up quite enough and he's got his own issues you know with like uh you know human wife and all that stuff Tuvok, to me, is sort of the the crystallization of Vulcan philosophy. You know, he has a sense of humor. It's very dry, but he he does a really good job. Tim Russ does, and the writers generally do, of really tamping down the emotional affect, and it's not in a bad way.
0: Uh, I feel bad for whatever production assistant uh, pulled the short straw and is wearing that robot suit.
1: Well, actually,
0: because I bet you don't even make scale at that point.
1: No, it's uh, the same guy who is the extra in the mess hall. Oh. Tariq Irigan <laughs> is wearing the Satan's robot costume.
0: That's that's funny.
1: I wonder how different this would have been in black and white. I suppose people watched the original series in black and white because color sets just weren't as common. You know, it might have been even uh, Mm 50-50 in terms of who was watching what. And um, you can see in the black and white sets that the different uniform colors do read differently. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I wonder how it would have been. So, they're going to look into his fortress and find out what he's up to. Which raises some questions for me. Um, It's a holodeck, right? And it's a small, enclosed area. Uh, We just saw it recently in uh, Latent Image. You know, it it doesn't seem to be much bigger than, say, uh, I don't know, a, a, a small auditorium, let's say. And yet we've got this expansive area where Tuvok and Tom are. We've got the ship, and he's able to look at both. You know, and, and like he's yeah, able to like, redirect camera. Yeah, so it, it's even like if it we... exists
0: at the same time. Yeah. As this. Uh, the only thing that would make sense is that even if it's not being rendered in three dimensional space, it's still being rendered in some processor. That like rather than being rendered as a three dimensional space where the humans are, it's just being rendered for a two dimensional screen, the way a standard video game would work. That okay. would be the only, cause we, we've kind of theorized before that, you know, the holodeck just wraps a skewed perspective bubble around anywhere. The people are, but the people are only, ah uh, you know, Tom and two So why should the rest of the, um, uh, yeah.
1: So if I'm willing to be, accept the yeah. VR bubble, I still have to call into question uh, Chaotica's Lair. They found some good actors to play these aliens. Uh, they they read as alien in the 1940s and 50s sense, right?
0: Yeah, these kind of like lanky, pale men, yeah. <laughs> For a second, was I was were- like, is that Marco Limo? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: okay. it's uh, Jim Crestalude. And so, <sighs> all life is photonic. How do I feel about that?
0: It's stretching things. I mean, like I'm not. I'm not suggesting I understand everything about the universe, but how could you even have like 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 light doesn't really interact with things; it bounces off of them. You know, it's it's like.
1: Well, I mean, so light can change its speed uh based on the medium it's going through it's difficult to do in labs for us but we can do it we can slow down photons um yeah i mean their realm must be very very different right uh, they're not used to being physical perhaps mm-hmm. uh, i guess they can't be um like yeah i don't want to take it as just their existence is like the doctor's existence and that's why they can all chill and be simpatico with each other. Uh, transdimensional aliens have mistaken your captain proton simulation for reality. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> this is some pretty good low-key comedy, too. You know, the yes, ma'am stuff. His army of evil. Yeah, and we asks the good question, Why can't we just shut the damn thing down? And the answer is not very satisfying, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's like I kind of question how they could interpret anything that's going on in the holodeck. Because the holodeck is a simulation of biochemical life forms. Um, You know, what are they seeing? Are they seeing... The program lines like you know like the code in the matrix or something are they seeing the world at, <coughs> you know i feel like some of this this scene is good uh but some of the other scenes setting up the subspace blah 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 you know might have been cut in favor of just giving us a teeny bit more <coughs> excuse me of what these photonic aliens are all about
0: yeah, I mean, like I said, I, much like Rascals, like, once you get past the slight absurdity of the setup, um, I think it actually, like, there's so much fun going on that, like, the absurdity of the setup falls away. Um, I think the simil- a similar tack would have better served this episode in that all the questions we're asking, we should only be asking when the episode is over and we're thinking about the episode as opposed to while we're watching it.
1: Yeah. Uh I would say this mostly succeeds at that.
0: Well, it's, it's about to mostly succeed with that. We yeah. are imminently approaching the moment where the episode <laughs> just slips into fourth gear and everything is so fantastic that its ridiculousness becomes an asset as opposed to a liability. And they really should have just found a way um, to get there faster.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I mean, let's see, where are we in the episode here? We're at 24 minutes, so yeah. I mean, maybe they should have found a way to get us here 10 minutes sooner. (laughs) You know, in reading the Memory Alpha stuff, uh, let's see. It was Ken Biller who had um, a few concerns about sort of Janeway playing the role. And diving into it too much and having too much fun. I'm a size four. Is that where things kick into high gear?
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> it's like okay, Janeway's on board. It's just going to be fun from now on. Apparently, the doctor has recovered completely from his yeah,
0: existential uh, crisis. What? Well, <laughs> Uh, I've been forced to scale back my role in the interest of credibility. I think that's the line <laughs> only Robert Picardo could deliver.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, to some extent, he's a bit underutilized in this episode. Given that, uh, yeah. This is really the first time he's, uh, d- he is going to get, don't worry, folks, he's going to get plenty of opportunities to ham it up, you know, as the doctor. Um kind of wonder what yeah i i love paris explaining the story to janeway because i mean she doesn't care like she's not interested right um and it's like a star trek fan explaining an episode to someone who's not interested well
0: it's funny you say that because i was th- i always think about that like like if somehow i ended up in an episode of star trek i think i would do pretty well because i know the tropes with such you know i with, with practically native fluency like i know exactly like i know i know the shields can i know exactly how much the shields can take before they cannot take anymore um so like i imagine try like imagine sending someone else into that world And this is something I try to explain about science fiction. It's something I also believe about, like, nighttime soap operas and really any genre. Every genre of entertainment has its rules. Its conventions, its way of speaking, its way of breaking a story, um, the presumptions it makes about people. And once you accept them, I think, uh, like, we've talked about this before, but I think there's, we've become somewhat spoiled by this, like, faultless reality that even in fantasy there has to be this, like, really perfectly credible, ordinary person at the core for us to identify with. So I I kind of enjoy actually watching something and being like, well, this absurd way is the way this universe behaves. It's kind of how you can, It's it's like trying to access like Greek theater from like antiquity. You just have to go, the story worked differently. And you can either just reject the story on that basis or you can accept the conventions and then kind of find the things in there that are of interest or value. So I, I think about that, like trying to explain a genre to someone outside the genre, like it, it'd be like, it, it's like, uh, like the Scream movies did this largely very well. Like, you know, the, the, the trope of like the killer's never dead the first time, stuff like that. Like th- that's mm-hmm. just fun to watch. <laughs> You know, I think there was an error with the map painting. I just realized that that when uh Tuvok They fixed
1: one of the towers? Yeah. yeah maybe they repaired it.
0: <laughs> well, no, then it was back to destroy now. It oh. was an earlier scene. Uh, <laughs> uh, not enough death rays either while we're on the subject.
1: <laughs> not enough lightning bolts and clothing.
0: Yeah. Like the, the like the, the the parody is f- nigh on faultless. Like it's just like it just it beautifully encompasses this entire genre of like cheesy saturday morning science fiction shows or like those like cheap serials that they would show between movies in a movie theater like
1: or or comic books yeah uh, generally yeah you know, your feeble attacks are but pinpricks to me and, you know, they painted his nails and everything. It's like...
0: <laughs> Alright, here we have the big reveal. We're an all-episode for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the
1: collar. It's the. It's fabulous. I mean, she nails it.
0: <laughs> oh, it's like... Like, this is going to be a look on Drag Race.
1: I assume people do the, do this for cosplay at conventions and stuff. <laughs> And then, you know, kneeling down and kissing her.
0: (laughs) Watching her act, the process of acting, is pretty good. (laughs) I'm really curious what this outfit looked like in color.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what color they made it. Maybe it was just silvery.
0: Mm. Putting green. Green feels right.
1: (laughs) I've always admired your... Clever fiendishness. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a wonderful compliment to give somebody. (laughs) The cradle of persuasion.
0: Uh, The brain probe is, like, perfect. Um, Did you ever play um, Elite Force, the uh, Voyager first-person shooter game? Did you Mm -hmm. get the expansion pack where you could wander around the ship for a, in most plate, in a lot of yeah. places. Yeah, and
1: you can go to the Captain Proton's. Yeah, like
0: yeah, that always tickled me.
1: She has really long fingernails too, doesn't she? <laughs> There's a bit of innuendo there, you know. Like your weapon is the most powerful in the cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> the gestures she's doing with her arms, or are... <laughs> so like, I I understand what Ken Biller was getting at. It's like she throws herself into the part too much, or something. But it's like, dude, just have fun, you know? Well,
0: it's like, like I understand why Kate Mulgrew did it. It would be harder to accept that Janeway would be capable of this level of like flawless, enthusiastic scenery chewing acting. I yeah. get that complaint, uh, but it's fine. Like we we've seen Janeway go incognito and, you know, have to um you know play a part before. It's fine. Like <laughs> she has a she has very good
1: posture. Yeah. And so she is still focused on the mission. The air itself seems to vibrate with your presence. (laughs) I've assembled my fleet of spider ships. (laughs) I mean, look how she's walking. gratifying that's a good you know they should have gone with this hairdo for her in the show Uh,
0: (laughs) I think the bob is much more effective
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's it but I'm not being serious about you know her being her actual hairdo but it actually really flatters her I mean she's got extremely angular features, right? And that hairdo I mean she really does look like a like a nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties sort of ingenue, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean Chaotica is great, but I gotta say I'm starting to appreciate Lonzac quite a bit. <laughs> Bride of Chaotica
0: I like the bust of himself above the throne
1: Yeah
0: Yeah. That's pretty good (laughs) That's what's missing from my life A bust of myself in my office Robert Picardo also Really suits the the era Like he, he looks the part Quite well
1: So, I mean, like they have scanners, I I just like, presumably that's a device that is important to him, you know, and something he, he uses frequently. So, yeah, I've got questions. (laughs) They're not important to my enjoyment of the episode. Like the episode is good enough for what it is, um, Yeah, they, they gave him like this these sallow cheek makeup accents that really work. Yeah. I kind of want a suit with a seal that says President of Earth. <laughs> I think I'd do a pretty good job.
0: Well, you'd be hard-pressed to do worse.
1: Yes. But the the person to whom we're referring isn't even president of the entire United States. So (laughs) He's president of the base.
0: Yeah, as we record this, we are on the eve of the uh, senatorial election in Alabama, so we don't know how it went yet.
1: Oh boy! It's a nice seal, yeah. right? It's nice. got these sort of laurel leaves and some a little. Bit, it, it's kind of reminiscent of the Federation seal.
0: Well, I mean, they're both reminiscent of the seal of the UN. So
1: yes, yes. Which would not have existed when this was filmed, Captain Proton. anyway. Yeah,
0: yeah. I love the ridiculous, like, Ursat's spacesuit controls on his leather jacket.
1: (laughs) On, off, up, down.
0: I forget what episode it was, but there's one that opens with him, like, using his jetpack, and Mm -hmm. apparently the actor just, like, torched his ass. Because that's a... Like, that's one of those things you never think about jetpacks, because even if the flame itself was not touching your body, there is, like, a cone of heat, intense heat, that... Is just infrared and is not visible, but it's still extremely hot and you'd have it exactly near your legs. Like it's one of, it's one of those like no one ever thought that through and they were sketching out jetpacks as a thing.
1: <laughs> I would love to see outtakes from this episode. <laughs> There's a nice swipe there.
0: Yeah. Which is... I will say their transitions, their fade outs have been much more dramatic. Uh it's... I, I love the.
1: Dr. Chaotica's wedding ring. <laughs> I,
0: I love the way they painted down her fingers. That's so ridiculous. Yeah. And on only one hand, it's even better. <laughs> also, speaking as a diehard fan of the Duras sisters, I will always appreciate a, a uh, breastplate cutout. <laughs> hmm.
1: Yeah. <coughs> Because of the incompetence of your inferiors, no doubt. Like you know I love the I it's a it's a wonderful trope, right? You know, the supervillain who can't trust any of his underlings. Yeah.
0: Who somehow only hires idiots.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Really nice effect on the imagizer, too.
0: <laughs> the karate this, yeah, chop.
1: That's hilarious. Because, of course, it's not just a trope of that. It's right. a trope of Star Trek. You know, the sort of ridiculously effective trek foo. Impetuous harlot. People don't say that enough, either. <laughs> You great lummox. So it didn't work on her. Why?
0: Well, the safeties are on.
1: Okay. I would think it would immobilize her, so she has been immobilized, actually. Yeah. He's got quite a seal, too, doesn't he?
0: That is a lot of eye makeup there everyone is wearing a lot of eye makeup
1: (laughs) yeah well it's more dramatic that way (laughs) like i just i would love to see outtakes with satan's robot you know like bumping into things and everybody laughing at him and
0: Uh, Robert Ricardo's is also just great at this.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> and the altimeter.
0: It does feel like they haven't looked at the view screen yet. I'm assuming that's where the fire
1: was. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, the, the angles have been very restricted uh, on the bridge shots.
0: Not enough star wipes, either.
1: Yeah. Ah, she has the pheromone. (laughs) It's kind of an unfortunate uh, visual there. It goes into his nose. See Lonzak's the man He's got these big diamonds on his uh shoulders <laughs> The look on her face. tangled me in your web let me out of here and I'll do all that and more (laughs) idiot (laughs) it's interesting how she holds the right she's not holding it like a gun not
0: that it matters, I suppose. It doesn't actually have a trigger.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of an odd design, so it makes sense that she's holding it that way. And this madness, and you may yet live to be my bride. <laughs> and then she zaps him. The weddings. uh...
0: (laughs) I like if she stays in character.
1: (laughs) Arachnia the proton. Yeah. (coughs) I mean, I take it as, Janeway's actually having fun. You know, like yes, there's a mission on the line and all that stuff, but you know, it, it's kind of fun to get into the character, right? Yeah. (laughs) The death scene. It's a nice exterior shot of the ship. I like that. yeah I like I don't know Janeway has a sense of humor she she's able to enjoy things uh I don't see it as ridiculous that she would have this little extra in character scene <coughs> <laughs> like did she watch some of it or something? <laughs> Death as you know it has no hold on me My defeat is but a temporary setback He's really excellent in the role (laughs) But be warned You have not seen the last of Chaotica And, of course, Tom's still in character.
0: (laughs) Uh, How they're getting played off. (laughs) The look on Janeway's face. Uh, So good.
1: (laughs) Question mark. Yeah, that episode, once it kicks in, it feels like it's over too soon right
0: yeah so i would say the production values are obviously top notch the acting's very good to the point that it almost feels redundant to discuss them given that we've spent the episode discussing them um for me i think the question the fulcrum on this ep- where this episode's score will turn is um like using rascals as a comparison rascals dug in to its absurd concept with reckless abandon Right after the teaser um, And it used it To actually synthesize Some pretty interesting character work I think you could criticize this episode In waiting too long to get to the good stuff And it stays it, It's good frivolous But it does stay frivolous For better, for worse, there actually managed to be these, like, insights into how the four characters and rascals view themselves as adults through Mm -hmm. the experience of being children again in a way that's actually quite affecting in places. Um, I think this episode lacked that, like, bit of character work that gave us an insight we didn't have either into Tom or the captain.
1: I agree with that. I think this episode in comparison to Rascals is uh, the setup is better it's not great but it's better so in some ways Rascals the stupid parts happen in universe right Yeah. whereas in this the stupid parts kind of don't really affect the universe all that much Um, there's more comedy here you know Like, Rascals was actually played a little bit more, like you say, for the uh, emotional development or, you know, looking into the characters in a way that we don't normally. Um, Here it's almost, it's straight comedy, right? It's played purely for laughs. And the laughs are very, very good. Uh, It's also sort of high genre spoofing in a way that Rascals isn't. Uh, So I I understand the comparison. In some ways, I think they're just kind of different, right? Um, Yeah, look, I mean, the acting is beyond good. Um, The production values are superb, too. So how much... Like, I don't think I need the story to necessarily tell me something uh, knew about the characters. Um, I guess I want the story to not break Star Trek. Uh, I want it to be fun and interesting and for the characters to make at least a modicum of sense, uh, in it, you know, um, the genre spoof stuff is kind of enough for me. Uh, I mean, I know I had little questions that nagged me, but they're not questions that did not nag me during other episodes of this and other Star Trek series when it comes to holodeck stuff. Um, You know, they didn't solve any of the holodeck problems that other episodes have raised. I don't know how if we can fault it for that. I would say the acting is a five. The production values are at least a four. Um you know story eh 3 you know maybe 4 if you uh, writing good comedy as we've said before is tough mm-hmm. and it's good comedy like really good comedy and there's even a few good comic scenes outside of the holodeck so they didn't rely entirely on captain proton for the comedy um, hmm uh
0: part of like like, the back half of the episode is easily into four, maybe even five territory, but the front half... It, it took a little while. It took, like, 20... It took literally half the episode to really get to the really good bits. So I'm torn between a three and a four.
1: What did we give Cupid?
0: Hmm.
1: We gave that an eight. Okay. And we gave Rascals a six.
0: Yeah. Because Rascals' setup was so dumb. So dumb. Yeah. Um, Like, that was an episode where it's like, this is a stupid, 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 stupid story, but damn it, you did an amazing casting job and made me care in spite of myself. So, ugh. I, ugh, God.
1: I think this is, I think it's a four. Um,. Mm. there's just a sheer entertainment value and lightness I I agree with all the criticisms oh, Yeah, that...
0: I'm just debating how much to weight them it's the eternal eternal question I'll give it a four I mean just on spec I mean just the, the Janeway scenes as chaotica alone justify a four I'm just being pedantic <laughs> it's a four it's a four so that's an eight it's a total of eight I'm just yeah thinking myself into a corner
1: <laughs> no, I, I I think there are things to criticize, but the criticisms just sort of melt away, given how much fun you have with it. And when you're having that much fun, it just, uh, you know, it, I mean, if you had a disc and it had these last four episodes on it, which one would you be most excited to watch? Bride of Chaotica, yeah. right? I mean, the other episodes are fine. You know, latent image is pretty good. Uh, Counterpoint is fun. I like 30 days. It's it's really, it's a pretty strong uh, set of episodes overall. And I think Voyager is really hitting a stride in season five. Uh, but this is a highlight, right? And if, it, if it's that memorable and that much of a highlight and that much fun, like it, it seems like it's above average, you know? Something about it is really clicking. Uh, I mean, Just the—I mean, what's his name again? Uh, Martin Rayner as Chaotica is just amazing. I mean, amazingly fun to watch, and he's in a a a lot of the episode. That's true. Uh, So, you know, do I think the alien plot is kind of lame? Yes. Do I think they took long to get to too long to get to? Uh, arachnia yes but there was like 20 minutes of just pure lightness and fun and escapism and entertainment and humor and that counts for something like i would say the first half of the episode is you know three-ish right but the back half is five-ish so um all right that's that's an eight from both of us uh, combined. Um, I think that's fair compared to some of the other episodes uh, of recent vintage. So how do you feel about Voyager?
0: No, it's a good stretch. Um, this the show, uh, like I think we tagged this in uh, latent image. Uh, we really are starting to get into that whole. Seven is a bit of a broken record on ethical decisions and command um, bits. And we aren't quite at the back two seasons, which I think become the Doctor and Seven show. Um, but no, this is this is a good stretch of Voyager. Um, uh, that's, yeah, right. this is certainly the last few
1: episodes have been consistently good. Um, well, I'm looking at the next few episodes, too, and there's... There's a lot of decent and interesting stuff coming up. Uh, gravity is interesting. Bliss is interesting. Dark Frontier is interesting. Uh, see,
0: Dark Frontier didn't do it for me. Maybe well, maybe my memory can, will can, change
1: on reviewing, but I can see problems uh, that someone might call out. But it's interesting. Uh, someone to watch over me. I mean, there's your Seven and Doctor episode, but. It's fabulous. Uh, 1159 is very strange and different and interesting. Then Relativity, uh, Equinox, I mean, it's just, it seems like the creative staff has figured out what kind of show they want to have, you know? And for better or for worse, they're going with it, they're, they're running with it. And at least this, I think this season's going to turn out to be one of the strongest. Um, of the series and it should compare well with, uh, other seasons of Star Trek.
0: Yeah, I'm curious how the numbers will shake out.
1: All right. Well, with that said, I guess we can sign off. Yeah. Right. Uh,
0: yeah. Have a good night, everyone.
1: Live long and prosper.